Welcome back to Screen People. This is going to be our first mini episode. We're going to attempt to discuss a film we recently saw, but give ourselves a time limit to do so. Today, Casey and I will talk about Marvel's newest film, Spider-Man No Way Home, which was released on December 17th, 2021, and at the time of this recording, had made $1.3 billion. This is the ninth Spider-Man film to be released since 2002, once again proving that we as a society freaking love Spider-Man. Listeners, please be warned, this episode is full of spoilers, so do not listen until you have seen the film. Also, seriously, go see the film. It's amazing. I am not being paid by Marvel to say so, but if they're listening, yes, I can absolutely be bought. Casey and I did not succeed in our goal. We were supposed to chat for 10 minutes. Instead, it was about 45 minutes, which I have severely edited down. We hope you enjoy this not-quite-10-minute take. Welcome to Screen People. Um, <laughs> we are going to do something that we've never done before, and so I thought it was only apt that I bring Casey back. She was our very first guest, and so I said, hey, I'm going to do this thing. I don't know if it's even going to work, so you want to do it? And she said, sure. So here we are. So this is going to be what I'm kind of referring to as a 10-minute take, unless I refer to it as something else in the intro, if I changed my mind. <laughs> but what it is, is, is our reaction to something. But instead of giving us, you know, an entire hour or an hour and a half to talk about it, I'm going to limit us. I'm going to limit us <laughs> to 10 minutes. And when the timer goes, we are done. Oh, this is going to be difficult. <laughs> Just to see what happens. I have not practiced this. We have not practiced this. If this goes terribly, well, you probably won't hear it if it goes terribly. I'll just tell Casey how <laughs> oh, it was awful. Um, but if it goes great, then we'll do more of these. So we'll see yeah. how it goes. So today, the subject matter, the challenge before us in this virtual podcasty Hunger Games is the <laughs> film Spider-Man No Way Home which was released December 17th, 2021. Casey and I have both seen this film. Have you seen it more than once? I have. This does not surprise anyone who knows her. <laughs> How many times have you seen it? Uh, twice. I wanted to go see it a third time, but nobody else wanted to go with me, and I felt weird going by myself because I was afraid that the movie theater employees would recognize me. That makes sense. <laughs> Fair enough. So I purposely wanted Casey for this because she is what one might call an uber Marvel fan. <laughs> what a better way to torture a super fan <laughs> than giving her a time limit. So I will start a timer. And when the timer goes off, that is all we can say about it. And we shall never speak of it again. Okay, that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. We have 10 minutes on the clock to talk about this movie. Just came out in December. You've seen it twice. What do you think? Okay, so... I had to narrow myself down to three talking points. Otherwise, I would go on for hours. My first one, for everyone who got mad at Spider-Man Homecoming for not being the origin story that they wanted, I would like to say Booyah because his origin story was spread out over his first three movies. You got to really dig into what makes Tom Holland's Spider-Man Spider-Man and not just Peter Parker with powers. I hadn't even thought about that. You're right. Whatever happens next, that's the story because nobody remembers who he is, correct? Yep. Ooh. You get to see him go from just a kid who knows he has powers and wants to do good with them to actually becoming 
a hero. You know, as much as he wanted to help people, he was still kind of very selfish in that he was a teenager and you know he wanted to help people but he wanted to get the girl or he wanted to impress mr stark and by the end of no way home he is giving up everything he's giving up the girl he's giving up his best friend he's lost his hand he has nothing and the few things that he does have he's willing to give up to help the world i've I always found that fascinating with this particular like version of him the movie starts with all of this crisis with his identity and he is still thinking about, I have one more week of high school. And there was something so relatable about that. It's not fake. He really is a kid who just happens to also be a superhero. And I think that this finally, one, it's going to enable him to be more adult going forward because he now has weight of adult responsibilities because he doesn't have May, you know, giving him a roof over his head. You know, he doesn't have school as his main focus anymore. He's just existing for him and for Spider-Man. That's going to be an interesting way to show that he's mature. Yeah, and uh, I will say the producers have already confirmed that they are going to do another standalone film in the future. They don't know what it's going to be. They have no idea. It has not been written. And they said he will show up somewhere else, like in someone else's movie. So there's that. So we know more is coming, but we don't know what that's going to look like. Okay, what's your second point? My second point is that this is redemption for Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man because my biggest thing was he was great. His acting was great. The writing in that movie let him down. So this was proof that if you give him good material to work with, he is a great Spider-Man. Still not my favorite Peter Parker, but we didn't really see a whole lot of like, and even the Peter Parker that we saw from him in this movie was better than in his movies because the writing was better. And I'm just going to tie in what was my third point into this. It also lent itself to a sort of, I guess, mature appreciation for Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man because, you know, it was it really is kind of setting him up as that like elder statesman who laid the groundwork for the other two. So just the way that you got to see them portrayed and handled clearly by a team that knows these characters and loves and appreciates these characters was amazing as somebody who has been watching them since the first Raimi Spider-Man because I love all my Spider-Boys and they were all amazing and poor Andrew Spider-Man is the most middle child of middle children and I relate to that so much. (laughs) 100% he is, yes. What was your favorite moment in the film? It's, It's a tie between when they are having that like huddle of knowing that they need to get it together and work together better. When Tom Holland Peter says, I was on the Avengers and we worked together and and Tobey Maguire Spider-Man interrupts him and says, you were on the Avengers? That's amazing. What is that? Because it was just such wholesome enthusiasm with no clue what it was. And I just loved that because he's just trying so hard to be that like encouraging mentor. And oh, and also in that moment, I have to say when they are determining who is Peter one, Peter two and Peter three, um, Andrew Garfield's just like, again, middle child acceptance of, yeah, I'm Peter three. Let's go. I knew it. Let's go. That was great. Literally any of the spider boys moments, because when they were on the roof and they were having the very emotional come to Jesus moment, if you will, about what it really means to be Spider-Man and have that rage at losing someone you love. And, you know, Andrew Garfield was talking about how he stopped pulling his punches and Toby's talking about, I got revenge and it didn't help. That was beautiful and amazing and made me ball. 
Andrew Garfield Spider-Man saying, I always wanted brothers just like hit me in like, it just sucker punched me. The, where you see them all running along the scaffolding and dive off and they each have their own like signature way of, you know, Andrew did the flip, Tom just jumps and Toby's like kind of swan diving. And it was just, it was everything I had hoped for because I tried to keep my expectations low. I told, I tried to keep my expectations really low. I was like, if it was this big of a thing, they would have used them in the marketing. They would have hyped it up. They would have blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, they're not going to be in it. They're not going to be in it. And not only were they in it, they did it in such a way that it went above and beyond anything I could have imagined. Those moments, those were my favorite moments. Do you think this is the last that we will see of the other two Spider-Men? Absolutely not. I think they've opened the door to be able to bring them back, even possibly to jump back into their universes if we really wanted to, because now we've changed their villains. Who knows what that could inspire? Possibly other villains or possibly those villains relapse. Do you think they uh, should give a big thank you to Into the Spider-Verse for having done this before them? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think Into the Spider-Verse, one, proved that it was possible to make those stories work together, and two, made it clear that people wanted to see that. Like when Marvel saw how well Wonder Woman did and felt like they needed to then get Captain Marvel out because they were like, oh, wait, people want to see movies with female superheroes without them being the babysitter for the men superheroes? What? And so I think Into the Spider- uh, yeah, Into the Spider-Verse was that same thing for Marvel. They saw that Sony managed to make this multiversal Spider-Man movie and they were like, oh, so we can do this and people will want to see it. Okay. Doesn't stray too far into the comic land. Exactly. It's not too campy or too goofy. Um, And I will say, like, I think they kind of, I think they, they managed that by leaning more into kind of the heavier aspects of being Spider-Man than Into the Spider-Verse did. But I think Into the Spider-Verse also kind of got away with that because it was a animated movie. It can be a little more fun and lighthearted. I mean, it's what are you talking about? Somebody got shot in the middle of it. He watched his uncle die. I know, know, but (laughs) and watched him get shot. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I know I'm not wrong. (laughs) However, I will I think it's more that. Into the Spider-Verse, they had that one big moment in the middle Mm -hmm. or that one big kind of act in the middle that was serious and heavy and hard to... Because then immediately after that, you've got the scene where uh, Peter B. Parker tells him he can't go on the mission. And then you've got his dad coming to like try and talk to him when he's webbed up and can't answer the door. So you've got all that heaviness back to back, but then you immediately go into him getting his powers. Mm -hmm. Like, for real, sure. for real. And all of you got the, the what's up danger scene that's like just the most hype scene in a movie I've ever seen. Um, uh, I was making a good point. Uh, <laughs> all right. Hang on. Hang on. I'm being told. I'm being told. Judges say extra time. Extra time. <laughs> Go ahead. Um. I was going to say, it's got the, the what's up danger scene that's like the most hype scene in a movie I've ever seen. You've got all that, and it just immediately brings that mood and that momentum back up. 
with No Way Home, there was levity, and then you'd get hit with something sad. Like, you had damage control, arresting Peter, but then you've got Matt Murdock. And you've got the kind of funniness of him going to Doctor Strange in the snow-covered sanctum. There was such a back and forth up until the middle. From the middle to the end, it still kind of felt heavy, no matter what. You kind of still didn't know where Tom Holland's Spider-Man was emotionally. And then when you get to that end where he is just losing it, and then you've got him having to give up everything, and then you've got him going into this dingy apartment with nothing and no one, there, there was no kind of ending levity. Well, they didn't bring Spider-Ham into it. I would love to see a live-action Spider-Ham. It'd be like Babe 3, Pig in the City with webs. I think that's a terrible <laughs> idea, but yeah. <laughs> I want to see them live action of pigs swinging on webs, Alejandro. Don't, don't kill my dreams. All right. That's it. That is it. We have, um, according to my records, failed miserably. Stuck exactly to 10 minutes. <laughs> I mean, I think even if I try to edit this down to 10 minutes, I'm still going to fail. <laughs> so um, Maybe 15 minutes? Is that doable? I think 15 might be the better number. So I yeah. think this might be the one 10-minute take that wasn't 10 <laughs> minutes. And next time, folks, maybe we'll do 15. We didn't Good get call. very far on 10. At least not with me, you didn't. Like there, I'm sure no. there are other people who can, you know, limit their thoughts and rambling much uh, more successfully than I could. Well, now give us, give us some credit. I think if you were doing a 15-minute monologue, on everything you loved or hated about Spider-Man, that would, that would work. If I was doing the same thing, 10 minutes, we could both do it. But we're true. both trying to talk, so that only gives us about five minutes apiece. That's true. And we both bounce off of each other a lot in conversation, mm -hmm. just normally. So, so, yeah, minimum 15. We might have to go to 15 now. Yeah. So, there you yeah. go. That's what we've learned today. And if you ever need me to do a 15-minute monologue, just let me know. I, You know that question that you always get of, like, if you had to stand in front of a lecture hall and talk for an hour about one thing with no notes and no preparation, what would it be? Mine would be Marvel, and we would run over time. 